Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Episode 81, and the Jays have won eight in a row, Coomzy. Feels good. Feels it does good. Feel good. It feels really good. It's, uh, I, I noted this on the, on the Twitter account yesterday. I said, it's much more enjoyable watching this version of the Blue Jays that hits everything as opposed to the version of the Blue Jays we saw earlier in the season that hit nothing. It is so much better. Like, I, I, I think I asked you this on a podcast a few weeks ago. I can't remember if this happened or I dreamed it. I don't know. But I say you dream about I asked, me. <laughs> I, I always dream about you. I always dream about us just having general sports conversations, just like really monotonous stuff. But I asked you, um, would you rather have the like late April, early May version of the Jays where the pitching's quite locked down, it's very good, but they're not hitting anything? Or would you rather have more of a 2015 slash 2021 version of the Jays where they hit like crazy and the relievers are blowing leads. You never really feel safe, but then they, you know, they blow a lead and they get a new lead, that kind of thing. Which would you rather have? It is very, very obviously the latter. I would much rather watch a team that hits and fucks up and hits. Chaos than, is fun. So yeah, yeah, chaos is more fun. The, the, the pitching only team is boring. I don't like it. Yeah, and that's not the way we've really ever been wired as Jays fans. We've never been the no. pitching only team. We're the team that like, rakes. Like 2016, like they were they were good that year. They won what 88 games and they go to the ALCS, but that team was frustrating to watch. The whole year they were frustrating because yeah. the bats never felt like they really truly came around. And I would always take 2015/2021 chaos team over that. Yeah. I'm with you, man. Um, I, I just and the bats coming alive like this is the Jays team we were promised, right? Like you look at the run totals when they were losing, right? It was okay. They scored two against Tampa and then they scored. They got shut out in the loss. And then even some of the games they were winning, like you think of that Cincy series, right? It was like two against the Reds, three against the Reds, two against the Reds. And it's like, oh, my God, are these bats ever going to wake up for a long stretch? And then bang, you get that eight one win over the Cardinals. And since then, they've never looked back. Six runs, four runs, six, eleven. And then you start this series by popping six and then you score seven and eight in the last two games. Like just the watching the bats. Pitch. Pardon? They have good pitchers. Oh, the White yeah. Sox have good pitchers too. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, we talked about that on the last show, right? The three guys that the Jays were going to have to line up against. Like Lucas Giolito is a good arm. Like, I mean, Johnny Cueto maybe passed his prime, obviously, but like he was even having some good starts. A good year. Yeah, he was having a good year. Like the Jays are doing some damage against some guys who are 
having good seasons, which is even more encouraging. Like, again, it would have been great to watch them beat the ever loving hell out of the Cincinnati Reds, but it's way more inspiring. And this is this is obvious. It's way more inspiring to watch them go beat the Angels and the White Sox. It is because those are two teams that I mentioned this. um, They're going into a stretch against teams that are going to be in the playoffs mix with them. So uh, we're not going to write them off in the division just yet, but it looks like it looks like the Yankees are the team to beat in the ALEs. I think that's reasonable to say in early June, whatever they could, the Blue Jays can still catch them. But the point is, is that they're, they have to do well against teams that are just fighting for those other wild card spots. There's yeah. going to be three wild cards this year and teams like Chicago, teams like the angels, teams like the twins who we're going to see right away. Those are who are going to be fighting for those spots. And you have to do well in the head to heads against them. Like, you can't be like losing games to the the White Sox and the Angels. And now here we are. They won seven in a row against those teams that they're going to, you know, it matters that they've beaten them down the road. Like, yeah, this is important. Yeah, it is. And you even just look at the standings now. Um, it, it's there. It sucks that the Yankees are still winning. Like that's annoying. Yeah. The Yankees have won three in a row now too, but you kind of look around at the teams who, you know, two weeks ago you were like, Oh, the Jays are right with them. Cleveland all of a sudden five and five in their last 10 Chicago now four and six in their last 10. The angels are two and eight. They've lost eight games in a row. Things are getting bad out in LA. Um, and even a team like Texas is now, you know, they've lost two in a row. They're two games under 500. The Mariners aren't having a very good year. Like it feels like the Jays are going up and sort of mm-hmm. starting to separate themselves from that pack of teams. That's proving to be mediocre. I still fully believe that the best three teams in the American league are all in the same division. I think it's the Yankees Rays, and the Jays. And then I think Houston's the next good team. And I'm not sure there's another good team in the American league after that. There's, there's, there's teams with skill teams with upside. The angels have upside. They have a good, a good offense. Okay. Pitching the white Sox have very good pitching. Their offense doesn't come around. You know, there's teams with upside, but the big three plus Houston, yep. uh, I mean, it's pretty much all in the same division. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I, I, you could maybe make the, the tough part about having Houston like in that group is again, like right now in the season, you do need to account for strength of schedule, right? And Houston yeah. gets to play more bad teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they don't have to. And throughout the course of the year, this will be the same thing too. It'll be tough if Houston wins 10 more games than the Jays this season. It'll be tough to be like, oh, they're miles better than Toronto because they don't have to play the Yankees and the Rays as much as we do, you know? Yeah. And we haven't played the, or- the Orioles yet. Oh my God. I cannot wait. When is that first Orioles series coming up? Coming up June in, 13th. Like, yeah. June 13th. It's like a, a week and a half from now or so. I'm excited for that. But the one kind of lame thing is that the Yankees got to play Baltimore like eight times early in the season. And now the Jays are going to play them all later in the year after they've called up a bunch of prospects and they're going to be better. Like they're still the yeah. Orioles. They're not going to be good, but that's kind of lame. Right? I mean, yeah. Adley Rutschman's already up. I know that because he's on my fantasy team. Um, he or he is up now. He just kind of started playing. So yeah, you're right. Like maybe a little bit. You could also argue, I fuck not that the Orioles have anyone to sell off at the deadline. But if you get to play them after the deadline more, maybe they've given up a little bit and they've sold off a few assets. But I don't even know who the Orioles could be looking yeah. to trade off that team. Like I don't think they're trading like Cedric Mullins or whatever. No, they could trade. Um, John Means is injured, right? Yeah. So there's one. Um, Brian Mountcastle, a guy like that, maybe. Cedric Mullins, you know, they could pull the trigger. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. They have a few guys in AAA that could call up DL Hall, Grayson Rodriguez. 
decent, decent top level prospects mm-hmm. there, but I don't know. It's still the fucking Orioles. I don't know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm sitting, I'm sitting here being like, Oh, we should be worried about the fucking Orioles. No, that's a, that's a weird way to talk on a podcast where the Jays have won eight in a row. Yeah. The Jays just swept the white Sox. So let's dig into that a little Disre- bit. Disregard, disregard whatever I just said. It's, <laughs> Yeah, it's the last wrong. two minutes never happened, everybody. We're getting into the sweep of the White Sox. Uh, three up, three down, delivered by DoorDash. BJ and Poddidi is that promo code. Gets first-time users of the app 25% off and no delivery fees. Is my thing going to work? Yes. Ding dong. Okay. Oh, you could have just yelled it. Hey, I'll clip that. That could be the new button. I'll just hit you. Whatever. Anyways, uh, great Alec Manoa start finished off this series for the Jays. And before we get into the bats, I wanted to talk about that because um, that performance, seven and two thirds, five Ks, only walks one guy. He did give up the three earned, but that felt like a guy cementing his place in the Cy Young race for me. Am I saying too much there? No, absolutely not. That was a masterclass. And the, the thing about that that was so impressive is he had a difficult first inning too. I mean, he comes out and it's yeah. a single, a single, and Chicago all of a sudden has two guys on, nobody's out. And then he gets a pop fly and a strikeout. And then he walks again and the bases are loaded and it's another strikeout of Yasmani Grandal. And he throws, you know, 20 pitches in the first inning. And then after that, it's just pure shutdown. But then the unfortunate thing for Manoa is he gets tagged with three runs. He wouldn't have been tagged with those runs if Matt Chapman's able to make a play. It was a tough play, but... You know, I don't think the, the the pitching line of seven and two thirds with three earned runs at all reflects how Manoa pitched. It looked like he was going to be in a position to do at least eight shutout innings, maybe nine. It looked like he was uh, kind of jonesing towards his first ever complete game shutout. But damn, he's uh, he's really in the mix now. He's he's got a one point eight nine ERA now for the season. Just just dominant. Stupid. Like he every time he comes up, you just expect going to be a good start he's must watch stuff like if you're a casual jays fan who doesn't watch them every game you're circling the manoa starts on the calendar right now because he's just absolutely electric and i loved uh ian hunter who's a great follow on uh, twitter he had some stats uh alec manoa has the equivalent of a full season in the majors under his belt and the results have been cy young award worthy in his first 30 starts he has a 2.78 era over 175 innings pitched 184 strikeouts and a whip of one it's unbelievable uh ian hunter who again great follow he also had uh, some numbers of where Manoa ranks all time on Jay's starters in their first 30 starts. And it's unbelievable. First in strikeouts, second in ERA, first in whip, tied for first in average game score on Stathead. That's stupid. It's stupid. Yeah, I can't remember a time where someone's come up and been this good for this long without like a hiccup at all. Like, you know, the Jays have developed good pitchers in their yeah. time, but Roy Holiday didn't have it this easy when he came up. He came up, he was good, and then he was bad, and he went back down, he came up, and he was amazing. Yeah. You know, Marcus Stroman, he came up, uh, you know, some ups and downs, he goes down, figures it out, comes back up, and he does well. Uh, Aaron Sanchez starts in the bullpen. Like, you never see this. Manoa made, like, four starts in the minor leagues and came up, and now he's, like, a, <laughs> like a Cy Young candidate. It's absolutely outrageous. Also, on top of that, I can't really remember the last time there was as good of a one-two punch as Kevin Gosman and Alec oh. Manoa in a Blue Jays rotation. I never feel like the Jays are going to lose when either of those two guys is starting. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, with Manoa, do you remember last year having the conversations of, like, oh, they're calling him up too quick. Like, they're going to ruin him. You can't start him at Yankee Stadium. He's only pitched 
27 innings in the minors. You need to leave him down longer. And I remember I went back and forth with someone on Twitter who was like, they're going to ruin him. This is why the Jays will never get out of this, blah, 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 blah. And they like had their little hissy fit. And I was like, they're, they're not going to ruin him by giving him a chance. And like, clearly if you're bringing a guy up to the majors through tw- after just 27 innings or whatever in the minors, like he's doing something right. You know, a lot about him. So I just, I just, yeah. that was the weirdest discourse when they called him up and people were like, they're going to ruin him. I remember when we were doing our preseason bold takes before 2021 and my bold take was that Manoa was going to come up in like August and be a reliever. Yeah. He's going to factor into the bullpen in August. So funny. I'm so wrong. (laughs) Yeah. It's great to be wrong on stuff like that though. It Uh, is. I'm happy. Yeah. Manoa was great. Uh, The offense was just unreal and the depth piece pieces are what shine through. Like you go through every one of these games in the, in the six, five win where Gosman pitched everyone except for Biggio and Vladdy got hits like they're this again. I said it off the jump. I'll say it again. This is the depth and the lineup we were promised before the season. This is the movie Vlad was talking about in uh, the game where they popped in eight. It was everyone, all the starters except Zimmer got a hit. And then in the series finale, I was all the starters except Kirk got a hit and he had a great series anyway. So like, who cares if he had won an off game, like the depth of this team unreal right now. Yeah. You have, like you said, there was a, there's so many good different performances to pick out. Like Alejandro Kirk has his outrageous game in the first game. He goes three for four with four RBIs in the, uh, in the second game, the, the interesting thing to point out, and this isn't really a depth player, but it's Bo Bichette drawing three walks in one game. Bobichet, Bobichet, and everything, over to Bichette, and he comes up and he walks three times. That's sick. And then the third game, we have the uh, Rymel Tapia game. He uh, he's hitting the ball like crazy, and that's like wow, this guy's hitting all of a sudden. Cabin Biggio comes up with a double. Wow, like everyone's hitting. Vladdy hits a home run. Teoscar seems to have his stroke back. He goes two for five. He hits a bomb. Everyone's hitting now. <laughs> Everyone. It's fantastic because, because it was like, nobody could hit for the longest time. It was Espinal was the one guy hitting. And then speaking of Espinal, he goes fucking three for five in the finale. Everyone's hitting. Everyone's amazing. Uh, You mentioned Bo Bichette. Three walks in that one game over his last 64 at bats. He's only walked five times and three of them have come like more or less consecutively. That's just wild. That's so funny. So he walks, he walks like more times in the one game. Than he had pretty much the whole season combined, which which makes sense if you look at the numbers, because that's why we we started saying he comes up with the O2 count. Yeah. Yeah, the Bo two. Uh the last up we have is a specific player who, you know, isn't necessarily a depth piece, but was really struggling for a while. And that's Tay Oscar Hernandez. Um, how like, man, it was hard to get the smile off my face when I was watching him put on the home run jacket. Like it just felt good to see Tay Oscar finally bust out of this kind of slump he was in. Yeah, Teoscar for the series goes... Uh, he had two he hits in every one. game. Yeah, he, he went nuclear. He went six hits in uh, 12 at-bats. He also drew two walks, struck out only three times, and he hits the he hits the dinger, and he had four doubles. So, uh, I mean, he came back, and it was like a... It was a pretty slow kind of return because he misses roughly a month after getting uh, hurt in New York. He has the oblique injury. And in 18 games before this White Sox series... He batted 130. He had nine hits in 73 plate appearances, only hit one home run, walked four times and struck out 20. So to turn around like that in the White Sox series and look just 
like the guy kind of he has been for the past few years is such a game changer for the Jays. Cause I mean, we all saw it when he was injured, it was like, Oh geez, when they get to Oscar back, like the lineup's going to be so much deeper. Like Vladdy's going to have that protection. Everything's going to be better. And then he struggled because that's kind of natural. When you come back from an oblique injury, those things nag, but now it seems like he's kind of settled in he's healthy and back to normal again. And that's again, a game changer for the lineup because if Tay Oscar is good, it's going to help Vladdy. If Vladdy's good, it's going to help whoever's in front of them. And then, you know, as we said too, the depth guys are going to start hitting as well, because if you're having to go through the gauntlet of Bo, Vladi and Tay Oscar, then that's when your Espinals or your Alejandro Kirks or guys like that have an easier time coming through because the pitchers are more worn out facing them. Oh, it's great to be talking about this team right? doing well. So oh nice. my God. It's so, so nice. Good. It's so pleasant. So pleasant. Uh, unfortunately, three up. We need to do the three down from this series. And it's weird because they've won eight in a row. Um, but Hunjin Ryu going on the shelf for 15 days is not ideal, especially considering how well he was pitching. Yeah, it's it's an unfortunate turn of events for him because he had a few good starts against good teams when he came back. Like, yeah, his first start back off the injured list, he has a good outing against Tampa. And then a little while later, he has a good, um, it was a good outing, I think, against the Angels. Mm-hmm. Quite impressive. I thought he was, he looked pretty fine against the White Sox, despite the fact that he was hurt. He did get tagged when they uh, went through the order the second time, but... You kind of wonder now, um, this is his second time dealing with um, an arm issue. I don't think we're just going to call it left arm shittiness this time. Definitely not that. No. So there's a bit of a worry. It's like the durability with Ryu. It's it's kind of always been a thing throughout his career. When he was with the Dodgers, he missed a significant amount of time with a wide variety of different injuries. So I guess we kind of got to got to buckle up for some more raw stripling starts, which is fine. Stripling was, you know, he was good filling in relief for Ryu the first time he was on the injured list. He'll be fine again, but it's something to consider for the Jays. Now that we're in trade rumor season, trade speculation season is getting another starting pitcher. Maybe the move for this team, because there isn't really anybody in AAA that you'd like to call up and use as a starter. I don't think at this point we can think about Nate Pearson coming in and pitching five innings. I think you're insane to assume that he can yeah. do that if you do. Um, and then Barrios is also struggling too this season. So maybe that's something that the team should consider in the next two months. Hmm. Maybe that's just, I'm, I'm getting pretty far ahead of myself, yeah. but it's a, it's a maybe thing now that, you know, Ryu has been on the injured list twice in one year. Uh, we talked about the offensive explosion. Our second down, uh, George Springer absent for the final two games. He's sick. Uh, we're like, Romano was sick and now Springer's got this thing going on. Kind of odd. Still a down, like not concerning, obviously, but still a down that we didn't get to watch George Springer the last two games. Yeah, it's a bit of a downer. It's unfortunate. You always want George Springer to be playing. It's it's not like a super big down because, you know, as soon as the lineup comes out and George Springer is not in the lineup, everyone starts to panic. It's like, (laughs) why is George Springer not playing? He had a day off four days ago. Why is he having another day off? And then Charlie comes out and he's like, oh, it's not not an injury. So there's a collective exhale. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, what? He's sick. We're not going to tell you with what, but he's sick. And it's like, wait, what? What's happening here? Did he eat like $10 hot dogs? What, what's going on? That was a great tweet, by the way. Oh, well, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Maybe uh, he was uh, hanging out with Nate Pearson. He's got mono. Don't even joke about that. No, right? Like, that would be <laughs> like, that's IL stuff. So yeah, don't say that. No, no, no. So don't put that into the universe. We no. have no idea what's going on with George Springer. Hopefully it's okay. But you never, you never like not seeing yeah. him in the lineup. Hopefully he's playing tonight. Uh, all right. The last down is maybe the biggest one. 
they didn't blow any games late, but they got close to blowing some games late. Uh, Like you, you go back to that series opener where Merriweather and Romano each gave up two hits and it was like, things got a little hairy there in the six, five win. Yeah, that was chaotic. Trevor Richards came in and the game would have been tied Mm -hmm. if not for that ridiculous throw from Gurriel and that terrible base running from the White Sox. So Richards comes in and allows three hits and then Simber comes in and he's cleaning up the damage and uh, (laughs) Gurriel tosses a bomb from the outfield to second base. And while the runner is going from third to home, some guy at first decides to go to second. They just gun him out and the run doesn't count. So that was hilarious. It would have been six, six, if not for that. And then, like you said, Merriweather navigates two hits. Romano navigates two hits. No problem with the bullpen in game two, the uh, piggyback reuse stripling. David Phelps comes in. He's great. And then in the, uh, in the third game, um, it's kind of the, it's not so much an issue with the bullpen. It was more the defense behind Alec Manoa and, you know, Adam Simber comes in and gets the job done after allowing a hit, but it was kind of unfortunate to see, um, Manoa get tagged with some earned runs there. It also kind of, uh, the, the Simber situations in both outings as great as he's been this year. And he's absolutely not someone we should be criticizing at all, but he's, he, him coming in in these situations isn't necessarily ideal because he's a pitch to contact guy and the Jays bullpen, the way it's set up right now is there just isn't very many reliable strikeout arms. Like Jimmy Garcia is kind of the one guy. And then Romano's obviously a striker guy, but he's your closer. So without like elite lefty Tim Mesa in the mix, the Jays are kind of fucked looking for like a mid inning strikeout situation. So that's another thing they're probably going to have to address at least, the thing with this is that you're more likely to find uh, a bullpen arm in your system to call up as opposed to finding a starting pitcher to call up. Mm. So that could help. I, I'm still holding out hope that Nate Pearson can yeah. come back and be an elite reliever. I don't think he can be a starter, but I think he can be a reliever. So hopefully that's a thing. But again, it's something the Jays are going to have to consider. It's not as pressing of a need as it was last year when it was like, fuck, you need to get a reliever immediately because the bullpen's a mess. It's, you know, getting a strikeout guy, a lefty, that kind of thing, that would help a lot. Yeah. And the Nate Pearson thing, like you talked about Aaron Sanchez earlier in the show, right? Like that's kind of what you're looking for. I think this season out of Nate Pearson is just a really reliable, a really reliable bullpen piece. And, you know, it's been disappointing to see a guy like Julian Merriweather struggle the way he has. And and I know the two of us kind of had high hopes for him. I think, I think a lot of people did like, Oh, did. if Merriweather could stay healthy, like he's going to be an impact piece of this bullpen. And he hasn't been, but maybe Nate Pearson is a guy who can slide in and take that role. Uh, going around the majors a little bit here before we take a peek at what's coming up next. Joe Girardi fired today in Philly. A uh, team that's 22 and 29. My favorite part of this story, because I honestly don't give a I don't care about the Philadelphia Phillies at all, is that Joe Girardi, hours after being fired, still went to do his weekly radio hit on MLB Network. That's awesome. Good for him. Like, <laughs> that's that's a good vibe. Like, that's <laughs> that's pretty gutsy. What, what did you listen to the radio hit? Like, what was that like? How did he seem? I, I just saw some quotes where he just described like what went wrong in Philly and he seemed like pretty open about it. But for me, like as a former radio producer, I think about being the producer and like sitting there in the morning being like, all right, do I text Joe to confirm his hit today? Oh, he got fired. Okay. Uh, guys, we're not going to have Joe on the show today. And then like the phone rings and you're like, hello. Oh, like, sorry to hear about you being gassed. Uh, you still good to give us 10 minutes. Like it's just weird. Right. 
Philly's being a mess is funny to me. And oh, yeah. uh, so they, they hired Girardi um, after they've fired uh, Gabe Kapler, who's now doing a fantastic job in San Francisco. Look like he, he looks like he's going to become one of those like forever managers. You know, yeah. One of those fantastic managers, like a Joe Madden type one that really gets the most out of their players that creates like a great culture. Mm-hmm. And nothing against Joe Girardi, who's a good manager in, in his own right. But the Phillies had a guy there who they just kicked to the curb because they had shitty roster composition and blamed it on the manager. It's the old, you know, baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. And we see it in a lot of sports where, yeah, like a, they always say, right, like a GM will get whatever the number is, two or three coaches and the GM being the decision maker. The Phillies is a great example of like you built a shitty team. He had no one to blame. He had to blame the manager to get heat off himself. And eventually, though, you do run out of those bullets as a GM. But Girardi what, out. What, what was the what was the analogy you just used? I've never heard that. Throw the, the baby, baby out with the bathwater. What does that mean? It means like don't throw out. Don't throw out something good in the process of, you know, what, what's the good thing, the baby or the bathwater? Defense. Uh, no, it's the baby. So we don't throw out the baby. Because it's an it's analogy of like, don't don't throw out something good just for the sake of change. Right. So don't throw away your baby to get new water or what? Don't throw out your baby when you're getting rid of the bathwater. You've never heard that before. No, that's insane. That's like a pretty common saying. No, I'm not from St. Albert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, our Toronto know. listeners are going to get that location reference. The suburb I live in. Uh, St. Albert's one of the neighborhoods in Edmonton. We are an independent city there, buddy. We have elections. No. <laughs> Where did the baby with the bathwater originate? Come from? There yeah. We're going to solve this explanation here. This is whack. This is awful podcasting. Uh, the expression <laughs> with its vivid image of a baby being tossed out with a stream of dirty water is probably translated from a German proverb in 1853. Were they throwing their babies away or what? That uh, must have been weird. a problem. God. Weird. Weird, weird, weird. Anyways. Um, I don't like, uh, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. It means like, don't throw out something good when you're making changes. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Anyways, looking ahead. God damn. This took a turn. Took an absolute that's turn. Just, that's, that's me. You know me. Uh, I, had, I had to derail everything. Yeah. We're doing pretty well. Uh, they're playing the twins next. Our look ahead is brought to you by our friends at Points Bet Canada. So shout out to Points Bet Canada. Um, the same game parlays there are something that's really neat. We're going to be promoting those with maybe some good odds coming up. Uh, the Jays big time favorites as they start this series. And that makes sense because the twins have four players on the restricted list because they aren't vaccinated. And also Carlos Correa actively has COVID and Sonny Gray's hurt. Whoops. So yeah, the, the twins are super shorthanded. Whoops. So it's going to be Max Kepler. He's a good left-handed bat. They'll miss in their lineup. Emilio Pagan, their closer and Trevor Miguel is another good arm. The one other reliever that's not coming, Caleb Thielbar, a name I've never heard of. I look at his numbers. seems like he kind of sucks. So that doesn't really matter, but that's a pretty significant loss for the twins who, like you said, are already without Carlos Correa. Sonny Gray's also injured though. He wasn't uh, scheduled to start. I don't think. Yeah. In this series? No, that actually, uh, Sonny Gray's spot in the rotation might be the Chi-Chi Gonzalez spot. So, whatever. But the Twins, yeah, they're rolling in after having lost four of five games in a five-game set against the Detroit Tigers. And they only scored 15 runs in that series, all told. So, they got shut up twice by the Tigers. It's not really ideal. So no, that's that's uh, terrible, is what I would say. Yeah, that fucking sucks. The Tigers aren't good. The Twins don't appear to be all that good either. I mean, I think everyone in the central division are frauds. You've heard me talk about the White Sox 
they, uh, the Blue Jays proved me right. The White Sox suck. The Twins probably suck too. Like, look at who the Jays are facing in this series. Chichi Gonzalez. Uh, he hasn't pitched I yet mean, this year. No, he's he's pitched he's pitched pretty well in AAA, but last year he put up a six point four six ERA and twenty four outings for the Colorado Rockies. Uh, I mean, I get it. You're pitching in Colorado. It's not easy, but you might recognize Chichi Gonzalez's name because he was with the Rangers in 15, 16. And he's the guy who in game three of the ALDS, that ever important series changing game in Texas where Tulo hit the three run bomb to put the Jays up five, nothing in that game. That was off of Chichi Gonzalez. Hmm. That's the last time he pitched against the Blue Jays. And then, so he's going up against Yusei Kikuchi in the first game. Second game is going to be Jose Barrios going up against his former team. And Dylan Bundy, the former Baltimore Oriole, will be opposing him. How's Dylan, Dylan Bundy Barrios. doing this year? Dylan Bundy's not doing all that great at a glance. He has a 4.76 ERA through eight starts, though his peripheral numbers are pretty good. 7.7 strikeouts and 1.8 walks for nine. So that would indicate his uh, performance has been a bit better than his ERA. Barrios, as we know, has kind of struggled, but he did very well in his two starts against the Twins last year after they traded him. So I don't know, maybe facing his former club will fire him up. And then in the final game, it's Kevin Gosman, the ace, perhaps. Maybe it's Manoa. Two aces? Sure, why not? One of the aces. Going up against Devin Smeltzer. This guy has extremely weird numbers. He's pitched 24 innings and he's only struck out 12 batters, but he has a great sparkling ERA. So he's not allowing any runs, but he's not striking anybody out. Mm, balls in play. Exactly. So this should be pretty good for the Jays. These are three very hittable pitchers and the offense is woken up and you're going up against Chi Chi Gonzalez in 2022, Dylan Bundy, and this guy who doesn't strike anybody out. That bodes fairly well for the Jays. Yeah. Um, I, I like this spot here tonight, like a lot. Um, I really like taking the Jays to hammer a lot of runs in this ball game, because like you said, Chichi Gonzalez fine in triple a, not really a major league pitcher anymore. And the Jays offense is really going. The other thing I'm obviously really watching in this series is Jose Barrios. I think that's going to be a big talking point for us when we record a pod on Sunday to recap this series is okay. Is Barrios with Ryu out now? You probably want Barrios to pick up a little bit and give you some quality starts. Can he get things going in the right direction or keep things going in the right direction here uh, at the dome? It would be great if on a Saturday afternoon, I can sit down with a beer and watch Jose Barrios do his thing and get a standing ovation after he pitches against the twins. That'd be lovely. Like I said, hopefully he gets fired up facing the twins because Mm -hmm. you know, he did quite well against them last year. Um, He allowed three earned runs in six innings in the first time he faced the twins. Then he faced them again right away and allowed three earned runs in six and two thirds. And over the course of those two games, he struck out 16 guys. So that's been a big thing with Barrios this year. He's not striking out anybody. Did you so, know, did you know Jay-Z used the line, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater in the song Holy Grail with Justin Timberlake? Now you know. Now you do. Well, good to know. I mean, I might go listen to that song after this. I have to listen to that song. It's a pretty good I song. I know. I was just, pretty catchy tune. Yeah, it just it popped into my head. I remember that. Uh, can, you, can you put it into the podcast? Is that, is that legal? Yeah, it's a short enough snippet. I don't think they dig us. All right. Well, enjoy this snippet of Jay-Z and enjoy the series. Hopefully the Jays keep it rolling. Going for win number nine tonight against the Minnesota Twins. Shout out to DoorDash and Points by Canada. Shout out to you, Coombsy. Have a good weekend. Best wishes. Why you mad? Take the with the bat and throw the baby out with that bath water. You still alive. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips. For just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.